my calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we are reviewing a movie that I picked, something that has been on the list to pick, um... And I thought, I've got to do it. I watched this movie quite a few times when it first came out. I had a bootleg copy, and I mentioned it last week. But I thought, we've got to do it. The cartoon was so, so important to me growing up. So we're going back to 1990, Dave, and it's Cowabunga, dude. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles official movie. So, Mr. Horrocks, do you remember watching this one? I think I do. Um... But I think I watched this on video. I don't have a memory of the uh, it, seeing it on the cinema. But I was like you. I was so into the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles cartoon, uh, as it was called, wasn't it? I, yeah. I, I don't know if it was elsewhere, but probably the censors just didn't like ninjas. Whereas you and I, Chris, around this time, fucking loved ninjas. So, <laughs> you know, bring it all on. But it was so big, wasn't it, the cartoon over here, and uh, I'm aware of the comics as well, and, you know, there was lots of people who loved those as well, and yeah, it just it it was one of those that it kind of seeped into everyone's language, you know, on the playground as well, didn't it? You know, it's it was like uh, all the stuff like Cowabunga Dude, all uh, you know, all this radical. It, it was it was this different language from America that we hadn't really heard at that time, you know. Point Break was years later, wasn't it? You know, and all these kind yeah. of things. So, yeah, I, I loved it, and I I think more than the movie though. I, d- I definitely remember the cartoons more, but I just remember, like, the music, I would say, more. I remember, like, uh, you know, down the old school disco and stuff, dancing to shit like this, <laughs> the music from this uh, this movie. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a funny one for me. How about yourself? Well, it's funny you say about the music, actually, because... MC Hammer did, like, the main song for this, but obviously the second one, you got a fucking uh, Vanilla Rice, go ninja, go ninja, go, you know. <laughs> great lyrics, Dave, that could have been written by me and my musical prowess, but... <laughs> no, I, I, I said this last week, but I'm going to repeat myself, so apologies, guys, but we got a bootleg copy of this. I don't know how I stumbled across it, but it was a really poor copy of this movie because, it, look, this movie was made for $13 million. It made $202 million at the box office, right? So it was a massive independent success and as he says the Blair Witch surpassed it in 99 but up to yeah. that point it was a massive success and we've talked about the percentage of movies to the cost you know what I mean like mm. to the box office this has got to be up there in the top 10 for, for sheer profit sort of thing but it just I'm as with you the cartoons I watched back to front I loved everything obviously Splint, uh, Shredder was voiced by Uncle Phil James Avery you had all, like I said last week, Bebop and Rocksteady. They're not in this one. I think, I think they might be in the second one, but they're not in the first one. And it just was like, I cannot wait for this movie to come out. It had martial arts. Like you say, it was my sweet spot. In 1990, I was 11, would have been 12 by the end of that year. So it just worked for me. And I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. I really want to see it. And I'm, I do remember watching it 
and thinking Splinter was shit. The, you know, the, 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 the animatronics and everything. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. The, in the cartoon, he's the wise old Splinter, but a bit like he's basically he's Yoda. Splinter is Yoda, and he just yeah. basically kicks ass when he wants to, but goes around with a fucking walking stick when he doesn't. Now, I had um, Michelangelo, and I think I had Donatello. I never had all four of them, and I think... I think we had the vehicle as well, I had, um, and I had Rocksteady and Bebop, but I had the characters, and it was all from the cartoon, it wasn't from the film, it's just that this was an extension that I was so excited about, and they build it up so much in the UK that I had to see it, so when I saw it, I was like, this is, and I think I've seen it, Dave, realistically, about half a dozen times, maybe ten times tops, but it was it was one that was on rotation, mainly because the copy was so shit, it was terrible, but I mm. did see, I think I saw the second one in the cinema, Secret of the Use, but yeah, just they, they were just the turtles around the, me being eight, nine, ten, eleven years old were just one of my favourite cartoons. They that and, I, and even though I slag it off, but I used to love the Ghostbusters cartoon. You know the mm, movie didn't do anything yeah, for yeah. me. I love that. I love Peter Venkman in that. I love the Ghostbusters cartoons. Obviously Tom and Jerry X Men stuff like that. But this was probably one of my favourite cartoons as a kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think. I think that's why the the cartoon hit more for me when when I think back to being a kid because in ninety Chris I'm fourteen I'm yeah. starting to get more interested in other things if you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like I, I I don't think I had time in my calendar to be watching movies over and over again um, so I I think that's possibly why. I, I'll be honest, I, I don't remember, like, the main beats of this movie. I remember flashes and, like, certain things that happen in it. But when I was watching this, it was like I'd, I'd completely forgotten what the, the actual plot and stuff was. Still scratching my head a little bit now. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, don't worry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you say about MC Hammer, Chris, the first CD which I purchased with my own pocket money was Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, <laughs> <laughs> which came out in 90. Um, but from this movie, it was actually Turtle Power, which sticks out in my mind more by um, Partners yeah. in Crime. We get the end credits there, and I think that, that more than anything else, tickled the old nostalgia. I, I think I, I was... That that got me back into the... Uh, into 1990, like I say. With my fucking, I don't know, probably a shell suit or something, <laughs> dancing down the old disco. <laughs> you are a scouser, Dave, so you know what I mean? <laughs> no. I was in St. Helens at that time, but it's close enough. I it? did I, as I well, think, Yeah, I'm pretty sure we all had that. <laughs> I had shell suits back then. Probably had the, the collars and shoulders and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Chris, should we get into the trailer? Let's go. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Look like sort of a big title in a trench coat.
In New York City, television reporter April O'Neil reports on a silent crime wave quickly enveloping the city. That night, April is attacked by a group of thieves and is saved by an unseen group of vigilantes. April's rescuers, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that's Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo and Raphael, return to their hidden lair in the sewer, where their master, a rat named Splinter, advises them to continue practicing the art of ninjutsu. Raphael visits the surface and ends up in a fight with a brutal vigilante Casey Jones, who ultimately escapes. Now Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Well, Dave, you mentioned plot. Let's just throw <laughs> the plot out the window. Let's just let's just do that from the start. So what gets me about this, and you're right, I think you summed it up before, is even though I've seen it like half a dozen, maybe ten times, I, I know like the bits that stand out in it, like that always stuck in my head were just weird. And like you say, it starts off, what's fucking stupid, really? It's almost a Raphael origin story. Because, mm. you know, Leonardo was always the, the leader of the Turtles, always, you know, with the uh, the, the, the swords and everything, the Katana swords and that. But Raphael was always the edgy one. Like, I love Michelangelo for some reason. And he was the the, the, the orange uh, mask yeah, thing. Yeah. He was the one that had the nunchucks and everything. But when you're watching this, <laughs> the pretense of this movie, and, we're gonna, and you mentioned Point Break, but... I think the writer for Fast and Furious has got a lot to answer for more watch these movies. Because <laughs> this whole movie is what Fast and Furious was. They're knocking off people's TVs and fucking videos and plays and stuff. And, the, and April O'Neil's doing this crime wave. And they're that desperate, the Foot Clan. There's a woman sat on a fucking porch on a, fl on a flat, sorry, on the stairs, the fire st escape, like, watching TV and a TV goes, some kid nicks a TV about three stories up. And I'm like, are they that shit? Of a crime fucking syndicate, the nicking a fucking black and white TV would get you about a fiver in a pawn shop. Absolute. <laughs> it just reminded me of Fast and Furious. Let's nick some DVDs and TV shows and fucking, and not even HD stuff. But yeah, the, it's ridiculous. And I've got to say, the fucking fact that everyone in this city cannot see that Raphael's got green fucking feet, hands and face, and he's wearing a, a flasher mat with a fucking trilby is ridiculous. Even Casey Jones, when he's fighting him, he's only when the mask, the hat comes off, he goes, um, yeah. what are you? And I'm like, fuck off. You know, it's nonsense. I can't remember. What were we watching? Oh, oh, you know what? I think it was one I recorded with Scott. So uh, that'll come out next month on Reanimator. So, so basically, I was saying that it does my head in in movies when you're looking and you can see something like this. This uh, movie, Reanimator, basically it's reanimating corpses and so they're walking around they've got the pasty skin and stuff they basically look like zombies and they're like oh it's just you know he's just mentally disturbed it's like look he's like a fucking zombie he must fucking stink as well <laughs> and it's like but this is even worse the guy is fucking green He's massive as well, you know, forget the, uh, uh, you know, all the weapons and stuff. He's got a massive fucking turtle shell. And it's like, oh, what are you, you know, is he not feeling too well or something? It's like, it's got no nose. <laughs> it's such bollocks. But I've got to say, Chris, 
I think this was terrible. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to upset a lot of people because there is so much love for this movie and I did love this whole franchise. I was so excited when this came out. I was quite excited about it when you said, you know, about re-watching it and stuff. But fuck me, it's boring. It's fucking terrible. It and is the, shit. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's just... I don't know. The, I found this a real, real struggle to get through. This is better watched in a YouTube format where you can just watch the highlights and stuff. But Christ almighty, getting through a whole movie is so rough. And I was, <laughs> I was looking down the uh, the reviews because I thought, oh, there's going to be plenty of people like me who are like, oh, this is 1 out of 10, 2 out of 10. You know, I wish I'd never gone back and watched this. Chris, there are so many, like 10 out of 10s. The best Ninja Turtles action movie of all time. My personal favourite. I remember them. Long live Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This movie rocks. One of my favourite childhood memories. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Christ. I feel like I'm in a parallel universe where, you know, this is like the Emperor's New Clothes or something. Where everyone is staring at this thing going about how great it is. And I'm like, I'm you. I'm you in this context. I'm like, this is fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) The idea that these fucking clunky foam filled turtles, (laughs) these master ninjas, the action's terrible as well. Oh, Chris, I did not get on with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to guess, David. (laughs) Well, it's funny because you're right about the fighting, the action sequences and that. Because of the suits, it's dead stunted. The the, the movements, aren't they? They're really telegraphed because they can't move in them. You know, I know it's Jim Henson and, and it was their creature shop that sort of created all that and there is people in the suits because don't forget we've covered the turtles as well on comics emotion which was that turtles in time christmas thing whatever it was called one it so we did good. that was, it was so fucking great. terrible I loved it. It, well <laughs> that was that was on a huge string budget but better. i think that, I, I was going to say i was going to say yes given the choice i would watch that over this five times for, for let's say for the equal length of this movie you know i would watch that again and again because it was so <laughs> bad it was quite funny um it's and plus it's about 20 minutes so that, that no, that's what i mean I, I watch it like three times on the bounce or something you know or, or however five times back to back i would sooner watch this than watch this movie again <laughs> well, and you know what i can't argue with you because there's the bit where when he's fighting Casey Jones and they say something about his wing, well, it's before, after that. But the guy who's Casey Jones is fucking shit. Now, in the cartoon, yeah. Casey Jones came into it in like, at the end of the first season or the second season, he wasn't in it from the get-go. But in the movie, he was in it from the get-go. And I always liked his character in the cartoons. He was he was in like the fifth member, of, in like the fifth Beatle, I suppose, of the band. You know, he was there. He was very prominent. He always come in. 
the guy who plays him is fucking shit. You know, he's you've got this guy in a mask, a hockey mask, with baseball bats and hockey sticks, and nobody in Central Park is even questioning him. He's protecting <laughs> people, Dave. I'd rather, if I saw him coming towards me and two fucking random lads, I'd rather take my chances with the two random lads and some fucking guy. But fucking anyway. Jason, fucking hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what, exactly. Think, that's what he's it? got on, yeah. yeah <laughs> you're totally right. But again, I mean, I said it before, Splinter. I never ever liked the Splinter animatronics, the character that they, mm. what they did with it. He's fucking shit in this. He's absolutely shit. But there is a bit of trivia, Dave. Now, we did last week, um, what was it called? Um, B- B- Blood of Bordello, Borde- or whatever it's called. Bordello of Blood. Tales so, from so, the Crypt. <laughs> yes, inadvertently, Dave. We have ended up doing Corey Feldman movies yeah. back to back because he's Donatello's voice. So I don't know how we end up doing them. We've done this before, haven't we? Where yeah. we've had a run of two or three movies, the same actor, but obviously you don't see it's him. But I agree. I think everything about it's terrible. And when Raphael's chasing Casey Jones and he, and he does that, I always never ever forget from the VHS I had the rollover on the bonnet of a car and the guy's in the back and he's like, what the hell was that? And the guy goes, he was a big turtle. Like that. And then he's just like, what? Yeah. And you don't think that this, you know, because in, in the cartoon, the turtles are like under five foot. In this, they're fucking huge. <laughs> they're like fucking the rocks dressed up as the, as the turtle. You, the, the, the suits do not go. And I've got to say, we've got some shit martial arts movies. Some of the worst martial arts fighting we've ever seen. I've got to say, yeah. it's terrible. It really hasn't aged well for me at all. I genuinely was shocked. I, I remember the beat for beats, but the one bit that got me toes curling was when they were dancing to the ninjutsu song and yeah. Splinter's there and they were doing the pizza and everything. It landed, the pizza pizza oh, lands on his head all over his fur and he's like, you know, it's all young ones or kids or teenagers or something. And I'm like, holy shit, this is bad. It's fucking awful. How it made this money, I do not know. I've, I'm at a loss as well. Now, the thing is, I, I haven't watched this movie since probably at least the 90s, let's say. I, I don't remember watching it over and over, you know, when it was out. I, and so I, I definitely wouldn't have watched it in the 2000s. So I haven't watched it for over 20 years. And maybe just being a grumpy middle-aged old bastard means that you can't get enjoyment for what is essentially a, a kid's movie. But I, I just don't think it is a good kid's movie. Like, you know, Back to the Future was a kid's movie. Star Wars, A New Hope was a kid's movie. I, I just think this was just really poorly written and and just a bit shit chris this was a massive cash grab let's face it they've produced this movie in 1990 it was 87 when the cartoons were massive and it's just like right fucking let's get a script quick let's get something out there let's get something shot um because it's just it's a bit crap um and like you say the elias What's his name? Catias, I think his name is. He actually looks a bit like De Niro to me. But I always thought, you know, from the cartoons, Casey Jones was, like, probably teenager or something, or early 20s. Not some creepy old fucking bloke. <laughs> you know, it just looks... <laughs> it just looks odd. He should have his hair cut and be working in an office or something. I know he was in the, the thin red line and stuff, but I, I, for me, he was just... 
miscast completely and I, I didn't particularly like April either um, she was uh, so Judith Hogue um, who's apparently a bit of a pain in the arse which is why they didn't invite her back for the second one it was just really bad but I, I, I mean I can see why in the 90s because everyone's riding the crest of a turtle wave you know and, and just thirsting to see these uh, characters up on the big screen you know live action and it, it was probably a bit of a novelty you know to, to see that kind of transition as well I, I think we were all just easily pleased <laughs> I think you're right I mean he was actually a hockey player, which is unusual. Right, and, and, right. And he was in The Sopranos. And I'm just looking at his uh, IMDb page as well, American Daddies. He's in Chicago PD, which I know Sam watches and Chicago Fire. So I'm going to have to have a look who he is, because mm. I've watched Chicago Fire with Sam for a long time. She watches it now. I've, I watched the, the first like four or five series, so I'll have to find out who he is. But I'm with you. It's strange because... It is a cash grab. There's no excuse for it. But like when they're fighting, Dave, and there's that bit where they're in the house fighting against all the Foot Clan, and they get Michelangelo on the floor doing a fucking spin, like a spin rooney yeah. and no one's near him, but all the baddies start walking into his legs <laughs> as he's spinning on his shell. It's fucking rubbish. It really, really is rubbish. And even Shredder, you know, Master Shredder, the all-conquering bad guy. I know in the cartoons... It's is it Krang who, who with the, the, the in the body? He's like the oh, the yeah, boss, yeah. really, and, and Shredder's always sort of going against him. A it's bit like, like Darth um, Vader, yeah, Darth Vader yeah, and Emperor kind of dynamic. Yes, it, it is. It's, I was going to say, I thought dynamic. I was going to say Starscream and oh, um, yeah, Megatron. Megatron, you know, he's always his right hand man, but he's always trying to sort of get one up on him, and and you don't get that dynamic. But even that the story when Splint is telling the story about the ooze in that day, it's fucking terrible. And the animatronics of the turtles, it looks like someone from the sixties. And as everyone would say, Dave, it's Jason and the Argonauts. You know, okay, I, I do know what the film <laughs> is now. Simon. Not Simon. Not Simon. <laughs> the che- maybe this is Simon, the cheapo uh, pound shop version, but. It really is fucking terrible. And and you're right, it's just so fucking thin on plot, it's thin on anything, really. There's there's no there's no reason to have made this move. And I think you're right, the cartoons were replayed on UK TV, but it wasn't his strongest for me around eight seven, eighty eight, but I continue to watch all the cartoons going into the early nineties, definitely. And there was an upturn when this came out. But mm. and there has been versions of the turtles since then, I know that. But like you say, April O'Neil, in the cartoon, she's this proper badass, isn't she? And mm. the bit where she's on the fucking subway station, Dave, it's a bit like the Batman spoilers, the new one, where you've been New York, I've been New York, no matter what time of day you go at, whether it's populated, there's always someone on a subway station, but April O'Neil's on this random subway station <laughs> with nobody around, and then the Foot Clan just appear, don't they? Because one of them chins her, absolutely mm. drops her. And then obviously the turtles start taking, or Raphael takes them out and stuff, but it's just, yeah, it's fucking terrible. I mean, it's, it's only 90 minutes, this isn't a bad thing, but oh my, my God, God, it's it awful. felt longer than that. So uh, the other thing I'd say is, I, th- I think the lighting and just the, the general kind of cinematography of this is pretty bad as well. Now, I could hardly tell the difference between Leonardo and Donatello's masks. Yes. And also Raphael and Michelangelo. Like, 
you know, I'm not saying they have to be as bright and colourful as the cartoons, but I just found those two colours just so close together. You know, the red and the orange and the blue and the purple. They, they were almost indistinguishable. And, you know, it's not... It, probably Michael Bay was looking at this and thinking, you know, oh, indistinguishable characters fighting together. I think I'll take that into my career and, and remake the Turtles one day. So, you know, I just think... It it just looked really bad as well, and <laughs> one of the bits that I did remember, but I, I don't know why, because I, I think it's crap, is the origin story. So you know when they're um, uh, Splinter's explaining, like, yes, what you know how he grew up from a, a little rat, and you've got the little um, the little kind of puppet rat practicing martial arts you know with his master and then you've got the little turtles crawling around in the ooze and stuff and then growing up and you've got these little turtles that are growing and i thought that was quite iconic but again this is 1990 something like you know empire strikes back was what 81 or something you had dark crystal in 82 it's like nearly 10 years later and and i know god rest his soul Jim Henson was a legend, but the effects just look very dated to me. Even when you consider it's 90, it looks like 80 rather than 90. And that's what I think is just, you know, it wasn't a crappy budget, was it? You know, and so I just think they, it could have been better with the effects there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think everything is just terrible. I mean... I'm trying to salvage somehow this day because I think I think you've hit a good point on the the masks. Why the fuck did they wear the masks? It's not like everyone everyone has a turtle. <laughs> it's to hide their identity. <laughs> <laughs> Secret identity. You know, it's not like fucking Zorro or something. Yeah. He's a person. They're fucking the only four <laughs> green turtles in New York and they're wearing coloured fucking... I mean, I, the colours are obviously to signify who they are to the audience. Nothing to do with... The fucking, you know, in-world stuff. But even then, it makes no sense whatsoever, <laughs> does it? Well, I mean, the sense that it makes is, obviously, on screen, watching the cartoons, reading the comics and whatever, you can recognise who's who. But it just fucking Tommy Wiseau in the room just popped into my head. It's like when he walks into the flower shop and takes his sunglasses off and say, oh, oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't recognise you there. It's like, you know, Michelangelo will take his mask off and it's like, fucking hell, it's a six-foot turtle. (laughs) 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 I just thought it was a robber with a mask on. It's it's just still a pet hate of mine when uh, the people in the screen can't see what the other people in the screen that you can see, you know. It's just uh, ridiculous. It is, and even even at the end, like they catch they capture Splinter, don't they? And the turtles are there, and like I say I mentioned it before, they have this massive battle with the Foot Clan, and they're in this house, and the floors fucking collapse, and they all collapse, and all this shit. And then when they get on the roof, they're fighting against Shredder, and they're doing this sort of American football huddle thing, aren't they? And they're like they're getting their asses kicked, and he's like, you know, get rid of your weapons and all this fucking shit. So they throw them, and one of the nunchuck conveniently lands on the fucking steps. And then Splinter comes, Yoda-style, to teach, well, basically try and take some names. But 
it, even that, Dave, I remember all the names. And, you know, as he's talking to me, uh, Rukasaki and all that stuff, I remember mm. them all. But it's when he says, like, Strider goes, you're his rat. You know, like, you're the pet rat. And he's <laughs> like, how would he know that? You know what I mean? He's fucking, he's absolute bollocks well, he, when he takes he his mask off. Because, you know, after he'd killed, you know, he'd, he'd slaughtered his master, this little rat, he's such a good ninja, he managed to slice off a little bit of his ear. And he must have recognised, you know, his ear and stuff. <laughs> fucking nonsense, isn't it? It's like, you know... Are you not perturbed? This is a fucking five-foot rat. <laughs> Do you normally see this? You know, this is yeah. supposed to be this unique accident, or do they have lots of, uh, you know, five-foot walking rats? Um, it, it's just, yeah. <laughs> and it's things like that that make it very kiddish to me. It's like, okay, all right, I get the tone of it. I know I should suspend disbelief. But Chris... Right at the end there, when so they defeat Shredder, and they put him in like a fucking trash compactor, <laughs> and then just mercilessly fucking turn it on, yes, and yes. squish him. And I'm like, hang about, you can't have it both ways. You can't treat it like this really kiddish, silly kind of movie, and and like expect us to go with it, and then just fucking crush him. I mean, there was no sound or anything. There was no blood splattering out of the fucking trash compactor. <laughs> Just, I'd, I'd forgotten that, that they fucking killed him. And, uh, you know, that that was back when, you know, they, uh, Batman 1989, they'd, they'd obviously killed off the Joker there. They, they, this... This was probably going for the same kind of, oh, yeah, well, we this would just be a one-off movie. We'll, we'll kill off the villain. Whereas I think nowadays, they're like, well, no, we kind of have to keep him going because we might have a sequel kind of thing. Well, it's funny, you know, you know, I'm just reading more. So, and you're right there, you're right with that, because the sequel was always been made for this, but I didn't realise, you know, the kid who gets a good kick in, Sam Rockwell, you know, of Iron Man 2 and he's, stuff like that. He's like the head guy, Yeah, the head he? one, yeah, 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 I didn't realise. Yeah. I mean, he's a massive actor, been in all sorts, hasn't he? But... Yeah, I think I you're right. I bet he's proud when he looks back at this because he had <laughs> well, a line you, right at the end of me. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, Dave, you can only go up when you've been in a movie of this caliber, can't you? So he <laughs> can look at that as a body of work. That was the the foundation for it. As as have you seen John Wick? Yeah, the first John. I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I watched it again. That scene where he where he he's like. You know, that, that guy's fucking John Wick. But he says, this man laid the foundations for what we have today. And that's what Sam Rockwell did. He went in this movie, Dave. Mm. He bombed. And he was like, look, things can only get better for me. I can't fucking get any worse. But, yeah, it's a really, really poor cash-in, I've got to say. I, I don't know if I've got any more to say about it, Dave, because it's really difficult to follow the plot and the stupid slapstick stuff. And you're right, it's completely bipolar, because at the end, when they actually crush, and Casey Jones crushes um, Shredder, I was like, well, this goes against everything that we've seen in this kid's movie completely. Yeah. They're just crushing these guys' head at the end. It was so weird. Yeah. Uh, like I say, it took me by surprise, and uh, I wasn't expecting it. So, yeah, and, like, I guess you get... Um, you get Casey Jones and, like, April 
seemed to have a little bit... He seems to be a bit creepy with her for me, but I don't know if there's a bit of romance there. I don't remember anything of that in the in the cartoons. Um, but I guess they're the only sort of human protagonists in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, they, they've got to there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only other thing... I mentioned it at the end of the last episode. Obviously, the foot is kind of a parody of, of uh, the hand, and you've got this kind of crossover between, you know, Daredevil um, or the Daredevil universe, if you like. And so, you know... I, I, <laughs> I was so looking forward to coming back and watching this, Chris, and my dreams have been a, a little bit shattered. Uh, but I'm on the bright side, probably not as much as the people listening who were like, oh, this is a good one. I fucking loved this film when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and just listening to you and I shit on it for half an hour. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Just uh, let me say this. I think the music was decent. You know, again, it's that kind of 1990 time, very poppy, you know, it's it's very much of its time, but I thought it was good. There you go, something positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, shall we go into our reviews? Let's go. Dave, I want you to go first because I can't wait to hear this. This is you are Chris Phelps today, my friend. So let's hear it. <laughs> All guns blazing. Chris, I'm afraid this movie was fucking shit. I don't know what the people on IMDb are on, but I uh, you know, still rating it as 10 out of 10 is bonkers, absolutely bonkers. There are some, you know, some moments that give me that nostalgia kick, but without that this film has got nothing. And I, I, that's why I say it was clearly a cash grab because there's nothing there of substance. And it had the potential to be really interesting, but I thought the, the way it was shot was poor. I thought the the foam costumes looked really clunky. I guess that's probably the best that they could do at the time. But no, I, I'm afraid I never have to see this again. And I don't often do this, um, but for me, this is an older run. I, I just <laughs> did not get on with this at all. And, and even, you know what? If they hadn't have killed Shredder in such an obvious way, you could say, like, with Superman 2, well, you know, Superman just cast off Zod and Norman Ursa, didn't, didn't he? And, you know, they must have fallen to their deaths. But because there was light music going on, you don't really think about it. But when Shredder gets killed, it's really obvious um, and completely jarring with that kind of kiddish tone that, you know, for everything else that led up to it. But no, after that, I was just like, you know what, I'm fucking done with this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, older on for me. <laughs> oh, Dave, what have I done? <laughs> what the hell have I done here? <sighs> so so this is an atrocious movie. Um, the nostalgia hit straight away. That, that, you know, getting the bootleg cup. I think it was probably the first ever bootleg video I'd had, Dave. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was. And I still, for, my, for the life of me, cannot work out how I even came across this, whether 
it was my cousins or my uncles who were always into VH- VHSs and they passed it or a mate who probably went, this is shit. Do you want it for free? I don't know. But I remember watching it around 91-ish, I think, when it pretty much come out on video or it was in the cinema, something like that. But yeah, there's loads of bits in this I remember and I just didn't remember the, the story of, or anything, mainly because there isn't one. The, the fact that nobody realises who the turtles are when they're wearing a fucking flasher mac and a, a trilby is unfucking believable Um... But yeah, Dave, I absolutely loved it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right. to fuck you right <laughs> over today because this movie is terrible. Don't get me wrong, it's fucking awful. But everything just hit for me, Dave. I was smiling from ear to ear. Even the shit dancing, which is not anything I'm into. I Honestly, there's loads of bits of terrible splinter and that. I'm not lying. Everything I've said about the movie is true. It's not a Austin Powers, but... I would watch this again, Dave. <laughs> I've got to say, so it's not going to the top by any means. It can't. It's I just thought not that's that. where it was going no, for a it's second not, there. It's not. It's not. <laughs> but I'm going to put it, Dave, in Pleasantville because there's it, just something about it that the nostalgia on this one hit. And I can't explain why because it's fucking atrocious. But everything about the movie was like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. And the setting in New York. It shouldn't work, but it just did for me. And yeah, I've, I've had you, not had you at it, but I was just like, I've really enjoyed this. <laughs> Even we spoke before and I was like, it's terrible. And it is terrible, but it's just one of them films that I can forgive because it's terribly bad, but also terribly good as well, Dave. So yeah, it's going to Pleasantville, my friend. You know what? I, I'm genuinely delighted that you, you enjoyed it. And, and like you say, no one can watch this and think, my God, look at that. It looks so good and it stands up so no, it's well. Not. You know, it's it, not. It, <laughs> but you can still love it, even if it's bad. I mean, look at some of the shit that we've, you know, both liked. But um, for me, this just didn't land. And, and I don't quite know why. So I think I'm definitely in the minority with this one, I think. Um, but I'm glad you, you went back and you still loved it. That, that is good. Yeah. No, it was. It was it was enjoyable. It's 90 minutes of nonsense. Please don't think there's a plot or anything because there isn't. But if you love the turtles like I did as a kid, it just hit for me. It was an extension of the cartoons, but the cartoons are literally levels above this fucking effort. But anyway, so Dave, it is your pick next week, my friend. So what have you got for me? Because I don't know what you're going to pick on this one. Now, I suspect if I gave you a thousand guesses... <laughs> to guess what I'm going to pick. I, I, I suspect you wouldn't get it. So this is a movie, Chris, that stars Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, Eugene Levy, John Candy, among others. It is the 1984 classic Splash. Ooh. Now let's listen to the trailer. Alan Bauer has a very successful business. Okay, Bauer, you're ruined. You're finished. You're a ghost in this business. How'd you like some bananas at cost? Deal. He's got the wisdom and support of his brother, Freddy. I love this guy. Do you hear me? I love him. Give me a kiss. What's the matter? You too big? Give me a kiss. I just want to meet a woman. I want to meet a woman and I want to fall in love. Not much. And worst of all, Alan Bauer feels with all his heart that he doesn't have one. Freddy, something in here is not working. There are worse organs not to be working. Where to? Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And then, one day, accidentally, from out of the blue, it happens. 
Just looking at her is pure ecstasy. Just touching her is a lifelong fantasy come true. Just being in love with her plunges him into a wondrous world of rapture and enchantment. Just one problem stands in his way. A little secret she's trying to keep all to herself. There is a mermaid in New York City. How come she's got legs? She has legs out of the water. She has fins in the water. What about a woman showing up naked in a public place, Freddie? Well, I'm bored, of course. Can I come in? No! All right, let me in. I'll stop you right there. I'm just changing. That girl is a mermaid. All my life, I've been waiting for someone, and when I find her, she's... she's a fish. Nobody's head loves perfect. She's really hungry. Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, and John Candy. Splash, a fantastic tale about a fantastic tale. Now, there's a specific scene which uh, might... I know what scene is. I yes. remember very I've specifically. I've never watched it, but I know the scene. Yes. <laughs> it might be around the uh, Statue of Liberty, and you might have seen a little bit of Daryl Hannabum. Um, I was going to say, is it very air, Dave? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to take from that, you've never seen it then? Never seen it. It was always on the movies that I just didn't fancy, Dave, at all. Um, oh, even yeah. better. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> now, I suspect very fucking strongly that this is going to be all kinds of wrong, to be honest. You know, when we did, uh, what was it? Was it Sleepless in Seattle with Tom Hanks? Uh, it was yes. Like, Hang about, you fucking gaslighting prick. This is horrendous what you're doing here. Um, I, I got a feeling there's going to be some machismo uh, themes running through this one, but genuinely not seen this one probably since the 80s. I don't remember watching it uh, much as a teenager or anything. It was very much, you know, watching it when it was out, you know, mid to, you know, late-ish 80s. So, yeah, I'd be interested to go back. And it's on Disney Plus, this one, Chris. So... You know, if uh, anyone wants to watch along, it's it's nice and easy to get on to if you subscribe there. But um, that's awesome. Now, Chris, where can everyone get in contact with us? As always, guys, if you want to follow us on social media, at VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And if you don't support us a little bit more, get over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. So big thank you to everyone who supported us over the last couple of years on Patreon. We really appreciate it, guys. And today's roll call of honour is... Timothy, Alec, Paul, Carl, Matt, Heath, Dylan, Kent, Lucky Lulu Green, Jax, Math, Blake, and John Hammond. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. We really, really appreciate it. Really, really uh, humbling. It's good stuff. Uh, so, Dave, what are you going to take us out with today, my friend? <laughs> well, uh, you know, you could say Cowabunga, you could say Bodacious or something like that. Um, but I'm just going to finish off with a Michelangelo line and say... God, I love being a turtle. <laughs> Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? 
Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's night. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. to try and think that I never wore them but I know I did I did I know I did I know I did I, I remember my mum saying she was going to start running and me and me I used to do cross country for the school and I was about 10 or 11 and there was a couple of inches smaller than my mum at the time my mum was like 5, 6 and we went running around the park and we're fucking there and she said this shoot was this shoot this suit was horrendous it was like fucking um, turquoise with white and red flashes proper shit she ran in it once went I don't want it and I remember yeah. watching it going, I'll have it. I must have looked like a right cock babe in it. But I, yeah, <laughs> fucking. Those were the days. 